at that point, what I convinced myself is I have to leave this job so that I can build this thing up to the place where it would replace the job. That's debatable. Now that's what I wound up doing, <laughs> but it was in a very precarious financial scenario that I don't recommend. And it was pretty dangerous. I bet on myself big time and I, wa- I won the bet, but like, again, I don't recommend it to anyone. Kevin Schmidlin is the host of the Grow the Show podcast and creator of a podcaster's incubator of the same name. And he just hit his first $100,000 in revenue in a single month. And he's well on his way to get to his first seven figures from monetizing his show. I first met Kevin back in 2019 when Grow the Show wasn't even an idea yet. And I was witness to the birth and the first stage of Kevin's new vision. And there is nobody who works harder than Kev. And his efforts have paid off. But like we share in this podcast all the time, overnight success is not a thing. In fact, Kev had already massive success with his previous podcast about the movers and shakers of Philadelphia called Philly Who. And so 2019 into 2020, Philly Who became a six-figure entity. So it was making between 8 and 12K per month on a bunch of different podcast revenue sources. In this episode, I will meticulously guide you through Kev's full story from the beginning, from leading his college's first a cappella group to becoming a self-made and soon-to-be seven-figure entrepreneur. Join me as he shares all the business ideas that didn't work, his best advice for you, and even touch on the best book recommendation that completely changed the course of his life. If you want to have the kind of success that only few can achieve, stick around because we'll break down how this success story came to be. Now, we had to cut the interview down for the podcast, but I kept the full interview inside our uncut vault at theglobalphenomenon.com slash uncut, which you can access completely free. In the full version, you'll hear Kevin's inspiring story of how he lost 300 pounds and has kept it off. More on the product company that he started and he thought was going to be the next big thing and more details about how he managed his business during the pandemic. To watch the full version for free, go to theglobalphenomenon.com slash uncut. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts while you're trying to decide if you should start a podcast, to which the answer is yes, but please don't do it for the money, just take it from me, then please head over to the review section and leave us a five-star review and say something nice. It really helps support the show. And thanks. Here's my interview with the guy who will teach you how to grow the show, Kevin Schmidlin. Welcome to The Global Phenomenon, the podcast about online coaching, the inspiring new career path responsible for multiple self-made millionaires, opening the doors for experts and professionals like you and me to stop living paycheck to paycheck and design a rich and abundant life with one purpose, to help others. I'm your host, Ina Coveney, six-figure entrepreneur and business coach. Listen for lessons and strategies that will turn you into the next global phenomenon. Today's episode begins now. Hi, everybody. Today I have an incredible treat for all of you. My very own podcasting mentor, Kevin Schmidlin. 
Hi, Kev. <laughs> you know, it is so good to be here. What an incredible moment. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I, I have been wanting to have you on for a while, but I wanted to make sure, I mean, you're my podcast mentor. You're going to watch everything I do. That's and right. I had everything right so that I could pass the Kev test. So yes. why don't we just start really briefly by telling everyone, what is it that you do and who do you serve right now? Yeah, so I help independent podcasters to get more listeners to their podcast and make more money from their podcast. Boom, which is why you're my new best friend. (laughs) I want to get into an area of your early life that is not talked about a lot, but I feel like for me, when I found out about it, it's like I can't stop thinking about it. And that is that at the age of 16 in 2006, you weighed 300 pounds. And if anybody's watching this video, if anybody has seen you, you no longer. Um, and I have to tell you, that was that's something that it doesn't really make it into, into podcast interviews with you. It's not something that you talk about in your circuit. It's, it's really not, not relevant to the, to the podcasting world, but it's what you're doing now. But when I learned about it, about the kind of grit, the kind of determination, kind of like all the starts aligning that it takes for somebody to you know, who weighs 300 pounds to lose the weight, to go the healthy lifestyle. That kind of grit is stuck with me that when I look at you, Kev, I'm not just looking at someone, I'm going to (laughs) cry. I'm not looking at someone who just chose to start a business and who's making money and, you know, everybody that that we love, love to hear about in the coaching world. I see somebody with such strength and determination. And I want you to know, I see that in you. I see that inside. And I would, I would love for you to let our audience know a little bit of what that journey was like for you. Well, thank you, Nina. That means the world. I teared up myself hearing you say that. Um, and yeah, like I don't, the only reason I haven't talked about that much is because I haven't been asked, <laughs> but it's funny <laughs> because uh, I love the reaction that people have when they find out that I, that when, I, when I was 16, I weighed 300 pounds because today I weigh 200 pounds. So, you know, I'm yeah. two thirds of the man I used to be. <laughs> and, uh, and I just love that nobody has any idea of that. Cause that means I've like, I did what I wanted to do, what I set out <laughs> to do, which was to, you know, undo all that. Um, it's funny. Cause I look back and I, there's so much about health and fitness that I wish I knew back then, because it's been a long journey. It, it took, you know, 10 years to really get there. Um, but it's, it's been a journey of that, of just kind of chipping away and just constant, like it's been a battle. It's still a battle. I just finished a book called how to stop emotional eating. Cause it's something that I, you know, I still live with yeah. and, uh, it very much is, it, it certainly set me up for business. That's for sure. That just kind of day in and day out, little decisions that you make every day where when things aren't going good, it doesn't feel like those decisions will make a big difference, but then the same thing happens when you finally make them become a habit. Uh, and then one day you wake up and everyone's like celebrating where you are. And you're like, Whoa, like I, like on one hand, I can't even remember being back in the dark days, but on the other hand, it feels like it was yesterday. So it's, you know, it's, it's certainly (laughs) played a huge role in, in who I am today for sure. And it's that experience definitely has helped with, uh, with growing a business, (laughs) but you do give a great book recommendation that I'm just going to put out here called the slight edge. Can you tell us what the slight edge is? And everybody should go and, and go and get, ah, and he has it right there. (laughs) Who's the author of it? Jeff Olson. Olson. Yep. The slight edge by Jeff Olson. And this is any, if there's any result that you want to have in life, which is usually for everyone, if you're listening to this, that's you, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, the slight edge is 
a book that just paints the picture of kind of what I just described, which is how it's just putting, it's just being 1% better every day. And there's some crazy stat that, you know, forgive me for screwing up the math, but it's like, you know, if you do, if you do one, just 1% better every single day, it's like a, by the end of a year, it's like this unbelievably high, massive number of percentage increase. Um, and that's all it is. It's li literally the phrasing that I just said, which is little decisions that are really easy to do, but also really easy not to do comes straight from that book. And I will put that link in the description so everybody can go and just go and get that book. Okay. So because I want to like get into podcasting, but there's some parts of your story that I want everybody to hear about. <laughs> I came up with this cool little format that I'm premiering right now. Don't know if I'll ever use again, but we're going to use it now. Um, <laughs> it's going to be like a rapid fire. Okay. Cool. I am going to say a word to you and you're going to tell me what is the first thing that comes to your mind. And you can elaborate on a little, on a, a little bit, but we're, it's just, I want to see the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's go. Owl Capella. Oh, fun <laughs> beatboxing music, uh, where I cut my teeth as a leader and where I learned how to manipulate the human voice, which is spoiler alert podcasting, uh, and some of my just most fun days that I've ever had. And for everybody to know, Al Capella is his acapella group that he founded in Temple University. Correct? Am I getting all these facts right? Yes, co-founded, co-founded. Uh, and Temple University in 2010 had two acapella groups, one all male, one female. Al Capella was the first co-ed. Eight years later, by 2018, Al Capella was in the finals of like, you know, the thing that Pitch Perfect is about, like the movie Pitch Perfect, like the right. ICCAs, right. they were in the finals. They didn't place, but I'm pretty sure that they placed in fourth if we look at the fourth <laughs> ranking because I couldn't believe that they didn't place. Um, but from zero to, you know, getting within, you know, a breath of the, the world championship uh, in eight years is pretty freaking cool. Okay. Next rapid fire. What is utilities <laughs> you really did dig deep love it <laughs> implementing what we teach in the program so <laughs> basically for me like i have had up until podcasting just a bunch of little side hustles so outside of school like you said i graduated computer science got a job at a big health insurance company and in the meantime from basically day one out of college had some sort of side hustle that that i was dreaming would become my main gig and utilities, Y-O-U, utilities, was one of those. And the idea was it was to be an app to help split utilities with your roommates, just to make it easier than somebody tracking it and sending Venmos all around and everything like that. Because at that point, right out of college, really up until recently had tons, tons of roommates all the time. So it was always such a pain in the neck who, you know, the accounts in whose name, all those types of things. Um, so that was one of the many different side hustles. If you, it's so funny in the 2010s, if at any moment you met me, I was just working on whatever the next big thing was in my head. And it went from this to that, to this, to that. Many entrepreneurs understand that, that path. Next, Enye. Yes. So that was the one after utilities. Uh, actually, it might've been flipped, which was, get this. It was going to be the next biggest social media app in 2017. Geolocated digital pinatas. Go find <laughs> it, go knock it. <laughs> next. Philly who? Philly who? So after all of these uh, initiatives, if you will, side hustles didn't work out like, oh, that, that didn't work out. That didn't work out. I started a podcast about my home city of Philadelphia. And this was the one thing where I was like, all right, this time, like I was kind of tired of having side hustles and like 
trying to be the next Zuckerberg and, you know, nights and weekends. So I was like, this time I'm just going to make a project that really is for me and is not something that I'm going to try to blow up into a business. Uh, Cause you know, podcasting isn't something that can actually be a business. And so I'm just going to create this incredible show and I'm going to get to know the community and network. And who knows the next thing will probably come after that. Grow the show. That was, <laughs> so it turns out <laughs> that Philly who, I don't know if it's because I didn't think in my head that it would be the next big thing or what, but it was. <laughs> so Philly who blew up, uh, I left my full-time job. Uh, finally, after four years in the corporate world, um, after only two months of Philly who, which I do not recommend to everyone. And I'm happy to explain why if you want, but uh, was like Philly who within the first couple episodes really started to pop off. People in Philadelphia loved it. It really did well. And I was like, this is it. I finally did it. I finally figured out what my thing is. Sayonara corporate job, sayonara six-figure revenue, uh, sorry, six-figure income. And I did, I started doing Philly Who full-time. Now, over the course of a year, uh, I made tons of mistakes, mistakes that most, the vast majority of podcasters make. But because I had left my full-time job uh, and my back was up, up against the wall, I actually started to go into credit card debt pretty bad, which I, again, don't recommend. I was... Mm -hmm pretty unreasonable about it. Um, push came to shove and I was able to actually figure out how to make a podcast work, how to get more listeners regularly and predictably, and actually how to make money from that show. And so 2019 into 2020, Philly who became a six figure, uh, entity. So it was making between eight and 12 K per month on a bunch of different uh, podcast revenue sources. Uh, and also at the same time created a production agency for bigger media companies. So we had clients like iHeartRadio and NBC Universal and Tom Brady's media company, um, which was cool. We had some sexy projects, but uh, I wasn't, I don't know. I just, I wasn't having so, so much fun. And then COVID happened and all those projects evaporated. Mm -hmm. So I was like, what can I do now? How can I, how can I make an impact in the podcasting world? And that's how, that's when Grow the Show was born. Okay. I, I work with a lot of coaches who are in their first couple of years in business. And they're, they, the impatience level in that first year is just astronomical. It's like, wait, why isn't this working yet? Why am I not getting clients yet? What is it that I need to do? And I'm here sitting across from someone who is extremely successful in what he does, who teaches other people how to do it. And that was 10 years in the making to even get to that idea, to even get like, okay, I guess this is it. This is what I'm going to be known for. Can you tell us <laughs> to everybody who's listening, who's starting their business right now, and they're like, well, this needs to work in the next three months, based on your the foundation of your business, what can you tell them that will be useful to them right now? The best thing that has served me throughout this whole time to get to this point of being the overnight success, quote unquote, because I hear that too. And I'm like, man, if only wow. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> oh man, like, thank you. But also like that, that the fact that you think this is overnight is going to destroy you is long-term patience, short-term impatience, long-term patience with results, short-term impatience with action. Most people have the opposite, which is why, and to a degree I did too, like early, early, early on the more like the, the side hustles that we just talked about, I kind of saw through a little bit better and truly tested them. And they like really didn't work. And then I was on to the next thing. Um, but it was impatience with action and just like, okay, what's the next thing? What am I going to try? Like, this isn't working. Have a quick feedback loop. If, if what you're doing now isn't getting you clients, cool. Like, let's find something that gets you a client and like, like let's find something that's working. So have impatience with action and the feedback loop but patience in the long term, which is where the slight edge comes into play. 
because if you can just extend your time horizon by like 5X, and this is actually what I started doing differently when I started doing Grow the Show, which really, really was a huge mindset help, where I just said, I'm starting out this coaching program. I've never been an online coach before. I've helped people here and there, but I've never done this thing. Uh, I'm going to do this after countless things, just on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this for the next five years. Mm. That's it. Like five years. And I'm just going to sit in it. And, but I'm never going to, like, I'm going to keep that impatience with action and doing and, and pushing and pushing and pushing. And what that did was with that short-term self-impatience of me putting in the work, doing things, saying, this isn't working. Let's try something else on the micro, right? Like this ad isn't working. Let's try a different ad, not like coaching isn't working. Let's try a different business. Right. And then having the long-term view of being like, Hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm committing to this. I'm doing this until I'm 33 years old. So let's just kind of sit back and get comfortable in this world. It allows you to make much better decisions with your business and have that level of patience to put in the volume that you need to get good at this thing because success comes from being good at something and you're not going to be good at something when you first start doing it. You just can't. Now, what we just mapped through, like where I wound up, which is being a podcast coach, is the accumulation of all these skills and experiences, right? Like even all the way back to Alcabella and to your point, all the way back to being 16 years old and having to lose 300 pounds, or lose 300 pounds, lose 100 pounds, it all builds up into skill stacking. And then finally this business I had, I don't know if you're a Marvel fan, but the, the analogy that I like to use is the infinity stones, right? Like mm -hmm. each experience, each failure gave me one skill, uh, computer science, like developing systems, writing code. Like how valuable is that for business? I used to be like, man, I can't believe I'm not using my computer science degree. Then one day recently I was like, I'm using it every day. So that's the message that I would get across is you are good enough because that's where the impatience comes from, right? Where we're like, Maybe I'm not in the right place. Maybe I'm not good enough to do this. And I have to hurry and go find my passion and go find the thing that I'm good at quickly before it's too late. But that's not how it works. That stuff gets developed by sitting in something and committing to it and having a longer time horizon. It's like most people are going after, I want to make a million dollars. I want to have a very, very, very tiny chance of making a million dollars in 90 days, right? Buying a lottery ticket versus a virtually guaranteed chance to make a million dollars in five years. Most people pick the former and so never get there. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to Philly Who. Cool. So you had, by this point, tried all of these different ventures. Podcasting was, by any measure, it was just one more of them, right? Yep. It's like, okay, now we're going to try this one. It becomes popular. This, this is the part that I, that I loved. I love hearing about I want you to break down for us. Yeah. So your guests were sharing your episodes and you're like okay they're sharing it my audience is growing great see ya suckers at work you decide to quit let's start with the lesson there you said that you do not recommend that people quit <laughs> their job two months yeah. into like their podcast becoming popular <laughs> tell me why what were you thinking about when you said i'll tell you more about that i want to hear about it yeah absolutely so i had built up some savings because I knew all this time I knew I wanted, I had all these things. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I was just waiting, 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 waiting. Then in the fall of 2017, I read a book called The Four Hour Work Week, which kind of changed the way I, th I thought about things. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, it, this, like this thing isn't going to blow up. Like, it's not going to blow up and rescue me from my nine to five. 
it's not going to blow up unless I put the energy that into it, that it needs to blow up. So at that point, what I convinced myself is I have to leave this job so that I can build this thing up to the place where it would replace the job. That's debatable. Uh, in retrospect, now that's what I wound up doing, <laughs> but it was in a very precarious financial scenario that I don't recommend. And it was pretty dangerous. I bet on myself big time and I won, I won the bet, but like, again, I don't recommend it to anyone. <laughs> um, so the show launches in May. I give notice in June. I give three weeks notice. I gave the team tons of notice. So that was happening, but also the show did well. Some guests shared and, you know, I was following the advice where if you Google how to grow a podcast, it says, make an audiogram and share it on Instagram, ask your guests to share on social media, post in Facebook groups. And I did those things and saw a little bit of early success. And I was like, great, there's no reason why this won't just continue, <laughs> continue on, right? And I was just so eager after four years of having side hustles to finally be a full-time entrepreneur. I was so, 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 so eager that I was like, this is it, I'm out, I gotta do this. So then I'm um, full-time Philly Who, and I, I'm doing these things. I'm asking my guests to share. I'm post. I'm plastering Facebook groups. I'm you know posting these audiograms. And after an initial buzz around the show, the numbers start to flatline and then start to shrink with each episode. And I'm like, what's going on here? Because let me tell you this: there's two folks who haven't left their job yet. It's it's scary to still have the job and feel like you don't have enough time to work on this thing, right? And that you're cheating your side hustle. But it's even more scary and puts you in a worse position to make decisions is seeing your savings go down each and every week and seeing that number shrink. It's actually worse. Yeah. Yes. And it's, it actually puts you in a worse state. Cause it's, it's just like, it feels worse than the, than the alternative, which I could have gone back, but I wasn't about to go back. But still, when you see that number running out, you actually become less of a good decision maker. Mm -hmm. So that's happening. The show's shrinking fast forward to December the whole time, six months, full time, I'm putting together this show. Now, the podcasts that I make are very, very heavily edited, heavily produced. It's just my style. I love audio engineering. Um, so you don't have to do it that way. But I was putting, my goodness, 40, 50, sometimes 60 hours into each episode of the show, working 40, 50, 60 hours per week, not making any, virtually no money at all. So it all comes to a head in January of 2019. I had released, I want to say 40 to 50 really heavily produced episodes in a row without taking any breaks, not even for Christmas, just no headway. The number's not growing. And I'm like, all right. So I'm at this point, I'm starting to go into credit card debt because I had the cushy six figure, figure income. I had tons of credit available. You know what I mean? Right. So I could, I could do that. I, it was available to me, which I kind of, in retrospect, wish it wasn't. Um, and I was kind of forced to figure it out earlier, but you know, my, my back was against the wall and I'm like, okay, my boss told me if, cause they all thought, Mind you, in 2018, I'm like, hey, I'm going to go be a full-time podcaster. And they were like, okay, okay. Well, are, the phone lines are open if you ever need another job. So I, I think they thought I was going to call them back and I almost did. But uh, it was January. It was the deep of winter in Philadelphia. And I remember just being like, thinking about going back to, you know, writing, just in a big corporate job where I didn't really, the people were nice, but it was just so easy and fluffy and everyone just kind of works for the weekend. And their whole purpose, it seems, is to go to breweries on Saturdays. And I'm like, this is not, that's not what I want to do. I like, I don't want to go back to that life. And before you tell us how this got turned around, I want you to tell us like a couple things that you were doing to try to grow the show that were not working. One of them, even spending money on Facebook ads. Like, I, I want to know, like, what were you actively trying yeah. to do to grow it and wasn't working? Oh my gosh. So I was putting, first of all, 
probably eight hours or more per week into manually in video editing software and making audiograms. So there were not these tools today where you can make an audiogram, which by the way, audiograms don't even perform well anymore. I, I recommend all podcasts just stop doing them altogether. But um, at that point, they were cool, right? There's, they, they used to work because it was something new in people's Instagram feeds. And so I was spending like eight, 10, sometimes 12 hours per episode, just making this one minute audiogram clip with like the captions and everything. Uh, so I was doing that and I was posting, 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 posting every week. Uh, I was joining like Philadelphia Facebook groups and subreddits. Whenever I would join, I would post, check out my podcast. It's about Philly. You'll probably like it. And the groups that didn't kick me out because I checked a box that said, do not promote yourself and then promoted myself, uh, would ignore me <laughs> completely. Uh, I, I, that, that wasn't working. And then I was like, well, I guess I got to buy Facebook ads. One day, uh, <laughs> put together a Facebook ad. It was just basically one of my audiograms. And I was like, I'll just boost the post. And uh, I don't know if it was a typo or what, but in, in about a week, I, I spent $2,000 on a Facebook ad, which I didn't have. It was, it was just credit card money. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> literally not a single listener gained. And I was like, well, the Facebook ads isn't. Now, I know, now I, now I know. I didn't understand how Facebook ads work. I didn't understand advertising, like all these things, but I was just like, well, that doesn't work. Like most entrepreneurs who try something once. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was like, well, now what do I do? Like I had, I'm just like, what? I don't know. I, if you Google how to grow a podcast, I literally checked every single box. Not a single one of them is actually working. So what is wrong with me? And then I found out that it wasn't me. It was all the things that Google says. <laughs> so you came up with, all right, here are the rules that everybody's telling me that I need to do to grow the show. I'm just going to flip them on their head and do <laughs> the opposite of them and see how that works. So I want you to tell us what that new strategy was like and how it worked out for you. Yeah, so it was that. And also just like, okay, I'm not the only person trying to do this. Like there's other people who have done this. What are they doing? Like just, I'm just going to go observe. I'm just observe. I'm not going to like ask podcast consultants, what to do or anything like that. I'm just going to go look at the shows that are huge and killing it and see what they're doing and see if they're doing the same things that I'm doing. And they weren't at all. They weren't doing any of that stuff. Right. Um, some of the biggest shows didn't even have social media, even though social media I found out is the way to get started with it. But, uh, I was like, okay, I'm just going to look at, take some courses, read some books, just put the show on hold, break the almighty consistency rule, which it's banged in the podcaster's head that if you ever miss a week, your show is going to disappear off the face of the earth forever. And you're going to be put in jail, which is not true. <laughs> you do need to be consistent, but consistency alone isn't enough, but we're told just be consistent. Just put it out there. It'll grow. It'll happen. That's not how it works. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to break this consistency rule, figure out how this stuff actually works, what other people are doing and try to just do the opposite in a lot of ways on social media. There are three things that people can do. There is post, 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 right? Publishing, which is what most podcasters think you have to do to grow an audience. Post, post, post. I'm posting, I'm posting on social. Every time I meet a podcaster, what do you do to grow the show? Well, I'm posting on social media. Okay, clearly that's not working. The other thing, the second thing that human beings can do on social media is consume. Scroll, 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 right? Which is what the vast majority of human beings spend eight to 10 hours a day doing, just mindless. The third thing is what everyone skips. And it's the sole reason for social media. It's not to post, it's not to consume, it's to engage. And that was the key thing that turned everything on its head for me, was to just actually engage. And what do I mean by engage? 
just interact with people on social media. So instead of joining a Facebook group and post, 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 and you get people so angry that they kick you out, you engage, you join the community and join in the discussion and just interact with people. You be social on social media, right? Same thing on Instagram or, you know, any other, literally any social media platform. You just go find the people who you want to listen to your podcast. Don't pitch them right then and there. Don't just be like, Hey, my name's Zena. I have a podcast. Will you listen to it? What do you think they're going to say? Right? Right. You instead build a relationship with them. Say, Hey, you know, comment on their stuff. You know, like they're, if they commented on, you know, Pat Flynn's post, interact with them. Oh my gosh, I experienced the same thing, you know, and just like make a friend. And it sounds simple. And people listening are like, Oh, that can't be it. Because we have this idea that people who quote unquote get social media just have this like je ne sais quoi, like they get it. They're a social media person, but it's not true at all. It just means that they interact with other people on social media. And so when I figured this out and started doing it is when things really, really, really started to change. And I was able to start to see my downloads increase, see my audience grow, spending a fraction of the time that I was spending on social media. And I challenge everybody listening to this, pull out your phone and look at the screen time app, the app that tells you how much time you're spending in a different, you know, on different apps. And you will see that you are spending four to eight hours every single day on social media. And I'm here to tell you, if you take one sixteenth of that time and switch from publish, 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 post, 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 or scroll, 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 and actually interact with the people that you want to interact with, the people who you want to be in your audience and the people who you want to collaborate with in literally minutes, you will start to see results and you will start to see your audience grow and you will get unbelievable opportunities that you couldn't have dreamed of. I'm telling you, it sounds too good to be true, but it's literally changed the game for me. And it sounds like for you too. <laughs> If anybody's listening right now who follows me on Instagram, all of this should sound very familiar because Kevin yeah. right here is Papa Bear for me. <laughs> like this, this is where my account, your engagement coach, this is yep. where it came from. I, I came to Kev thinking, I want to grow and monetize my podcast. <laughs> and I, when I realized the power of relationships, I'm like, wait a minute, this actually might even explain why I've been able to make it to six figures in my business without having a big audience. I didn't know why I had never been able to like put it into words. I'm like, this is what I need to be telling people. And I turned around and I said, okay, Kev, Thank you for the lessons. <laughs> I gotta go revolutionize my business right now. I created yep. a brand new Instagram. Like I said, your engagement coach. And I started preaching this. And it was all because of your program. So let me ask you, Kev. What do you think is the biggest misconception that people have of you as a successful podcaster? There's a few. So as a podcaster, biggest misconception. I mean, the one that comes to mind It, we've kind of touched upon the ones too, because some people do know that I've had all kinds of time to build this stuff out. And so people are quick to say, oh, well, this isn't going to work for me because I don't have, you know, I have kids, you know, this is going to work for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, like my whole sole purpose right now is to help you accomplish this without having to live a life of isolation and go $100,000 into credit card debt like I did. Like it's the whole <laughs> point, point of all this. Um, but I think probably above all else, I just think of like the people who see my Facebook ads <laughs> and like, I just wish there wasn't so much, uh, a lot of people can call themselves a coach and 
so because of that, there's a lot of skepticism around online programs and online coaching. And that probably has been the biggest struggle for me is to get through like seeing the comments on the Facebook ads and, and just like one time somebody posted in, in, in a subreddit, like, Oh, what's the grow the show accelerator like, and the comments in that post were of people who have never been in the program, have no idea who I am, don't know me at all. And are saying like, Oh, this guy clearly, you know, doesn't know how to grow a podcast because he's just making money, teaching people, other people how to do it. And I see that and I'm like, my goodness, like it's, it's so it's crushing to me. <laughs> like, I'm, I, like now I understand, like they don't, they don't know the whole me. They, they saw like one ad where I, I you know, see the ad and I'm like, okay, I could, I, I might assume that too, if I only saw that. But uh, you know, I think the message would be to other coaches is uh, number one is that if you want this, if you want to have lovers, you're going to have haters <laughs> and you're just going to have tons of people who just don't fully get the full picture. Um, and then number two is to just, uh, like my strategy is just like to overwhelm everyone with value, regardless, like just everybody who comes across me in any way, shape or form. My goal is to just absolutely blow them away. So people who will never join the program, like podcast episodes are there to teach. I don't hold anything back in the program. Like all the information's out there. Uh, so it's a little bit of a rambling thing, but I think that's the biggest misconception that people don't, who don't know me have, which is always just one of these guys, you know, making money online. I'm like, no, we're actually, we're actually changing lives here. And I wish I could, I could have the chance to change yours too. <laughs> and I, if I can say this to anybody who has had a conversation with me over the DMs on Instagram, where they ask me a question and I answer it in full as yeah. if they were a client of mine, I leave them right. voice notes. I, I share with them what, what the answer to their question is. I don't immediately go into, well, you need to pay me for that kind of advice. I want everybody to know that the person responsible for that is Kev right here. <laughs> he, he taught me, you taught me that, that you, know, you gotta be, you, you can't swim in the, in the waters of like, well, what is too much content to give away? And if I yep. answer their question, then they're not going to want to sign up to work with me. I, I trust that you have, and it has been my experience that I can build trust a lot faster when I'm able to answer questions honestly, rather than putting up a wall to every single little question that I get. And I credit you for that mindset shift that I made. And the connections sure. that I've made since then because of it. So thank It's you. unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Law of reciprocity. If you just give, give, give without, you know, expectation, then like, cause the, the reaction that people actually have is my gosh, if this was the free, like she just did this for free. If that's the free content, what's the paid program like? And it's true. Like, like it's true. So, it, and it freaking works and it, and it also sets yourself at ease because, you know, you're just able to help people and that's why we do what we do. Right. Yeah. It makes me feel good to know that I help somebody every single day and that, that right. I, that is, is great for me to do that. Um, and finally, if everybody who's listening right now, they have to do what you're about to tell them to do, and they have to do it in the next 24 hours, they don't have a choice. What would that thing be? Engage. I'm sure they've heard it from you before, but just literally put 30 minutes on your calendar. If you're not getting the growth that you want on social media, put 30 minutes on your calendar and spend 30 minutes going out into the world of social media, finding the specific target person that you're looking to reach specific has to be that right. Uh, and just interact with them and give, just give, just give, give, give. And you will see your numbers increase. Usually within minutes, you will see results immediately. And then it actually becomes fun and the floodgates open. 
Thank you so much, Kevin. Kev, this has just been like a real pleasure. I can't wait to see you. We're both going to PodFest and by the time that this airs, it will have already happened. So everybody should be following both of us on social yes. media so they can see our pictures because karaoke has to happen. Like that's, <laughs> that's in the cards for us. So where can people find you? How do they find out more about Grow the Show Accelerator, which I completely endorse and yeah. recommend? Tell us more. Yeah, so if you want to just get a quick 60-minute crash course on my strategy for growing a show, our strategy here at Grow the Show, uh, the best place is growtheshow.com slash masterclass. There's basically, I've broken it down into four main steps. That's the basis of everything that we do. Um, so you can check that out for sure. And then also just the Grow the Show podcast in the app that you're using to listen to. Now, every single episode paints a full and complete lesson uh, on some sort of strategy when it comes to growing or monetizing a podcast. And so just literally pick any of them uh, and you will get immense value and it'll hopefully, like I said, we don't hold back. So we'll teach you something and you'll be able to implement it and get results within a week. And if you don't DM me and I will help you for free. <laughs> and DM me too. Like you yeah, guys yeah, yeah. DM, DM us, DM us. Okay. We are there. We're the ones checking those DMs. Just it's talk us. to us. Thank you, Kev. This has been awesome. Thank you, Ina. It's my pleasure. Hey there, Ina here. After this episode, you may be wondering how you can also achieve the kind of success that our guest has experienced in their entire career. So hit follow and subscribe to catch me on Thursday for a brand new lesson on how to grow your coaching business, even if you have a small audience. And if you'd like to hear the full interview with all the details that only the super fans care about, get free access to all of our uncut interviews by going to theglobalphenomenon.com slash uncut. And I'll see you on the next one. Thank you so much for listening. You know that part in this episode that made you go, oh my God, I need to write that down. I want to know what that was. So go over to Instagram and find me at your engagement coach and send me a DM. I want to hear it. And if your business bestie is missing out on all of these juicy strategies, make sure to take a screenshot of the episode and share it to your stories. Remember to tag me so that I can thank you personally for all your support. I'll see you on the next episode.